Hello and welcome to the Wingnut Podcast, episode 25. Um, things I would advise a new traveller. Yeah, I've got this uh, idea from uh, Nomadic Matt, who's a well-known travel blogger. Uh, he was listening to some things about, if he knew now, some stuff that he would advise, like if you're going on a big trip. Um, some lessons that he'd learnt um, and passed them on, because they would be crucial in your journey so I thought you know what I might do a similar thing I'm not going to copy him but I'm going to do what I've experienced and advise um, based on what I've kind of learnt from things I've done that are good and bad so I've got 10 things um, pretty cool structure um, so we'll crack on I think um, no particular order these are not in any important order just uh, yeah any order so number one is be flexible when planning the idea here is, um, and I've struggled before, is when I've had um, my first trip in 2013, I I think we had sort of set dates for flights. And I know at the time with SCA Travel, you can amend your round-the-world ticket, but that's only on like international flights, if you like. But we had actual internal, a few internal flights as well that we couldn't change unless we just accepted that we lost $100, so... Um, it kind of stumped us a little bit and a classic example is we're in Thailand and we're going to Malaysia and we want to go and see the Formula 1 Grand Prix but at the same time was um, the Formula 1 party um, so we had to choose really just because of timings but um, yeah I kind of think like you want to be more flexible because you, you want to do all the things you can do not just um, yeah just fix to a flight because you have to get out the problem there is uh, it, it might not even been the flight um, at the time of those two things, but they were clashing. But if you're more flexible, you could have maybe, well, we did the Formula One, but obviously the Formula One party coming up, comes around every once every month. So in an ideal world, we could have just done, done a bit more traveling and then gone to the Formula One party the next month, but we were set in stone in our travels. So we had to choose one and then we missed the other, unfortunately, and then I've not done it since. So... Yeah, I think being flexible really has its advantages if you've got the time. And that's another one we'll come to later. But yeah, you just want to be maybe having a flight into an area. Um, and then when you're closer to the time that you have to leave. So Southeast Asia, for example, you, you fly into Bangkok. I, I think that's all you need. Like You can get um, buses around and stuff pretty easily. So you can decide on the day that if you're going to go to Cambodia, you pay your $10, whatever it is, and get the bus across. Um, and then when you want to get out from... Southeast Asia to New Zealand, for example, um, you can decide nearer the time. The flights won't go up that much um, in cost, and I think a fifty dollar more expense is better than you know. So you can be more flexible than maybe saving fifty dollars and being stringent on your time and, and where you are. So I try to adapt um, to the situation because you never know who you might meet, and you never know recommendations you get from either locals or other backpackers or whoever's traveling around because um these this will come into other points i'm going to make but you really get to know the best things when you talk to people not when you read it or and you know sort of just kind of go online and try and find out i think you just better, better to speak to people where you are whether that's in your hostel guest house or even hotel um so yeah you, you don't want to compromise your activities and places to see by not being flexible um, so yeah, when you travel plan, I would advise, it's probably a bit difficult for a two-week holiday because 
you are going back at a certain date. That's probably something you can't do. But maybe even then, in between, in the meantime, in the two weeks, you don't book any travel. You just think, we'll arrive here, we'll figure it out, and we'll get something to here, or get a bus to there, or get a plane to there. So, yeah, being flexible is key to an, a pretty happy travel life. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, because it gives you the option to change direction as well. You know, like if you're going in one set place or one set route, you might want to change because, yeah, like, like say you, you found something new or you think, you know what, let's go there. So, um, yeah, that's number one. I think it's a key one that I've learned and I've been stung a few times. But the next trip that we do, um, I'm not going to be anywhere near as stringent in terms of fixated on bookings. I'm just going to get to one place and then we'll, we'll see how it goes and be as flexible as possible. So that's number one. Number two is get out of your comfort zone. Now, we all feel comfortable if we're going on a trip uh, in Europe because it's the same as Britain, right? Predominantly. Um, So I would highly advise that you take more risks because when you get out of your comfort zone, you learn more about yourself and the people that you're with and it's a better experience than just um, sticking to what you know. And for you to enjoy the stuff that you know and love, like, for example, me might be going for a brunch and a coffee. I think it's better to go for one of those when you can talk about an experience you've done the last week, which has been way out there, you know. If you constantly do coffee and cash, which is not a bad thing, but if you constantly do it on your travels, it's a bit too easy for me. I think you need to be out there doing something. So I remember after doing the Inca Trail we sort of like had a buffet and then we had our train ride back. So people who've done the Inca Trail or the Salcantay in Peru, you get the um, very slow train back from uh, Aguas Calientes to um, Cusco, which takes probably about two to three hours. It's a real slow train, about 30 miles an hour. built by the British actually. Um, but it transports all the trekkers back. And that was almost the best time. We had such a great time because one... We can talk about how tough it was and how and what we achieved in the second day and stuff like that. We all knew each other, so we had a bit of a laugh, a bit of banter, flying around and um, take the piss, etc. Uh, three also, we're all fucked. Like we're all just like knackered. Our legs are aching. Um, we're pretty full of food with the buffet afterwards, but um, we're just pretty tired. But also, we all also knew that for, for number four, if you like, this is the last time we're probably going to see each other for a while, if again. Um, so you want to like maximize those times, maximize those times, and then I do think that when you do go through something like an experience like that, it does bring you all together as a group. And I love that two or three hour train ride when we got back. And then you know what? It's weird. You spend four or five days together, like talking every day, every minute of the day, trying to get each other through this activity. Um, you reach this milestone. You reach, you know, Machu Picchu. And you get back, uh, you're on the train, and then people sort of fall asleep like towards near Cusco. And then, bang, once you're on Cusco, you get your bags, and there's two buses, one going to either parts of town, and then that's it. You sort of like, oh, yeah, yeah, catch you later, and that's it, gone. I've not seen anything since, uh, unfortunately, um, even though I love that group. So, yeah, being out of your comfort zone sort of bring, definitely brings you together. Um, and also, you learn a lot about yourself. Like, uh, could I really do Inca Trail? I mean, Physically, probably not because I'm not the fittest. But I maintain to this day that hiking is mental. Uh, it's just one foot in front of the other. 
you won't ever reach exhaustion level we can't do it so I learned that oh do you know what it's not great that I don't do training for it but I do know I can do it um, even now could I do it again yeah but it's going to be a struggle but I can do it so um, yeah just don't stick to your normal routine get out there do some activities that are a bit rogue go real left field and try and do something that's really going to be that's a bit of a cliche in it do something that scares you a little bit whether it is they say a day but not to that extreme but when I'm going travelling next time I'm, par- I'm booking in paragliding number one so I would consider this outside my comfort zone but not completely It's I'm not scared of heights so I will happily jump out of plane or go paragliding so it's something I just want to do there's going to be an adrenaline rush there's going to be a bit of a scary moment I imagine but for me it's a little bit out there for me completely out there is something like diving or anything in water um, so I made a promise to myself that next time we're in a sort of area where there's a bit of water or diving available I'm going to try and do it and I'll be scared shitless but I think if I can get through a couple of days of doing you know, some basic diving or even snorkeling to that extent um, I'm going to love my trip and love my activity and talk about it and that'll be like one thing ticked off that I've done that's out there and then you sort of grow from that so um, my, my great example actually of something like this is uh, my friend Harve who I'd love to get on my podcast um, she's a Welsh girl that I met in um, Margaret River she was like me at the minute where I can't swim that well if at all and I'm scared of deep water can't deal with it so she wanted to conquer this fear um, and slowly but surely she got better at swimming she got better at being in deep water and now she can free dive 150 metres free dive not even with diving equipment just down hold your breath come back up with a spear you know, catch a fish whatever you do um, if, if, if don't do that just go down and dive and see some stuff but she's free diving like the other end of the scale um, some naval seal shit there so yeah she's completely turned it around and I really want to hear about that if I can get on the podcast so um that's a great example of what you can achieve if you put your mind to it and if you put that into traveling and what a trip so getting out of your comfort zone is key to travel and for holiday you might not want to do that because you probably want to have a break from work so i think just chilling out is probably the best best course for that um i don't i've never done it but i guess people go to like these all inclusives that's the opposite end of comfort zone um getting out of comfort zone i imagine so yeah um it all depends what type of trip, but you've got to do a few activities. You always remember the ones that are a bit tough. You know, I, love, you know, I remember my skydive in New Zealand because at the time I wasn't even that scared of it, but it's you know at the bus of 30 people, 35 people, only six people did it. So people are like, oh, what's it like? Because they don't want to do it because it's probably out of their comfort zone too much. So you get that sort of um, feeling doing that. So that's number two. That's um, get out of your comfort zone. Righty-ho. Number three, I've got crack on with work visas. Now, if you're a traveller, um, a big traveller, um, and going to countries for two months is good, but you want to extend your trip, the work visas really are a gold mine of opportunity. Um, it's crazy people don't do them or just leave early. It's mental. Um, you can only get these up to your 31, mostly, if you're British. Irish might be 35 in some of them. Um, I think... It's just mental that you have an opportunity to be working and traveling around freely for a year or two in certain countries like Canada, 
Australia, New Zealand, uh, Japan. Uh, I think Singapore's got a six-month one, whatever it is. Um, you've got an opportunity there just to work a little bit and travel the country. No restrictions. You can stay there a year, in and out, as many times as you want. Um, so you can maybe do two months of travel, two months of work. Like You can get that sort of routine. And people don't realise that, you know, because when you're in your 20s, it goes so fast. You just lose that ability to do that. And I just, you know, I have the biggest story for me is I just didn't crack on fast enough. Um, I had a gap between ending Australia um, work visa and then going on a New Zealand one. It's probably about, I'd almost say almost almost two years, um, sort of bumbling around Norwich for a bit. I didn't even know why I went back to Norwich um, for a longer period of time. don't know, maybe I felt I had to. Not really sure why. But in, in hindsight... I should have gone either to Australia for the second year, even though I didn't get my days, so I would have lied. Or failing that, we would have gone to Japan and done my work visa there. But anyway, uh, I've not done too bad. I've got Australia, New Zealand, two years in Canada, so it's four years, right? Um, but yeah, uh, it, and I, on a sort of like flip side of this, you can also do your, your TEFL and maybe go and teach in a different country. There's probably a bit more options for that if you want to go... Um, sort of like a different type of travel where it's probably in a country that doesn't speak English so um, that's a great opportunity as well and one that kind of is in the back of my mind but I don't want to be a teacher so um, that's kind of what I'm thinking but you know my mate Lewis who was on the podcast previously he spent four or five years in China and he loved it um, Connor on a previous episode um, was, is it currently in Vietnam so he's been there nearly two years so that sort of experience can really be one out of your comfort zone like previously mentioned but also doing a job and also you've got the opportunity to travel around the area so um, these opportunities I think have to be taken because when you hit your 32 33 that's it um, teaching not I mean you can go teach at any age anywhere but just for the freedom of work visas they're over um, unfortunately I'm now 32 so I can't get another one unless they increase the age or even get rid of them and have a free working relationship with that country but if you're younger um, highly recommend it um, just don't stay at home there's more to the world than that so yeah crack on me work visas get them done and then you might find a little spot in one of those countries where you think you know what I want to stay here a bit longer get your residency and crack on um, that's what a lot of people do do um, just to have that option um, of an extra passport um, yeah so crack on me work visas I wish I'd done my Japan one it still eats away at me but at least I've been there so that's not too bad Number four, this is crucial. Document everything. Now, last travels. Uh, I went on that a few, know, a year ago, or no, more than a year ago now, over two years ago. I was like, right, I'm going to note down everything that we do. Didn't do it. Because I wasn't in the habit of doing it. Now, the key is you need to get in the habit of documenting what you do every day because you won't remember it. Unless you're a religious poster. So for my book that I'm writing... I can go back to 2013 Facebook, thankfully, because I was updating every time I went to a new hostel. Didn't have a phone, but every time I had opportunity to go on a laptop or or a computer, I did. I was like, oh, I was there at that point. Oh, I was there at that point. Now, I have my, mem- my memories, which are not too bad, but you don't remember the little details like, who did you meet that day? What day did you, um, what cafe did you go to that day? What coffee? What local food place did you go to? What tour did you think about going on? And booking what bus and all that sort of stuff. So my rule now is, right, I'm going to get 
writing every day. So when I go traveling next time, I'll start the day with a coffee and do half an hour, one hour, whatever time we've got, reflecting on the previous day. So you've got that documented with photos and a bit of writing and what you thought of the stuff that you're doing. So take a lot of photos. Key, just snap, snap, snap away. It's not a competition in terms of the best photo of all time. Just get snapping and trust me, when you get further on down the line, you're going to need those photos. Write every day and just journal as much as possible. Um, number of ways you can do this. Um, you can set up a blog. Um, don't see your blog as emotionally getting people invested in it. Just see it as just a way to track your own um, trip. No. Yeah, if people want to read it, great. Um, most people don't commit to reading every day or even listen to a podcast every week. So not too emotional about that. Just you know, just try and document everything you can. You can, yes, you can write it, you can blog it, um, you can write notes on your laptop. You can even podcast it, which is what I'm thinking. I'm going to do that with writing. I think I'm going to do a weekly podcast of a summary of what we've done that week with my notes that I've written. That's kind of where I'm going to go. And you know what? I can refer back to it all the time. Um, and over time, you can look back and have those great memories. But over time, you will forget some stuff. So it's key that you just write down everything that you do. Um, I can't emphasize that enough. And I wish I've done it in the last four or five years. Um, but from now on, I will. So, yeah, I'm going to, even the little trips before. Um, whenever we go away again, I'm going to write down what we do. Number five, take your time traveling. If you can, and time is no issue, this kind of links to number one, be flexible, you're planning, but just take your time. If you think, oh, do you know what? I think we can stay in Paris next extra two days. I think there's more I want to see. Do it. Great. Stay. Um, on the flip side of that, if you're in somewhere and you think, do you know what? I'm just not a fan of this place. Then move on because you've got more time somewhere else. So taking your time is key. Don't rush places. Don't just do the tick them off mentality, which I've kind of been guilty of before, I think. Um, you're never really going to know a place unless you live there, but if you can travel there and stay there as long as possible, then great. Like There's been loads of places I've stayed that I feel like I've got a decent amount of knowledge about and because I've stayed there for a period of time when traveling, not living. Like Off the top of my head, Rishikesh in, in India, I think we stayed there for a week. Just like doing yoga, going to Little Buddha Calf, which is one of my favourite calves, sitar lessons, going to the ashrams. I think some people did love people doing yoga there and stuff like that. Um, you can really know a place. Um, I guess it's a bit easier in, in Asia because it's a bit cheaper to live. Um, so yeah, you can probably go to like a small town in India or a small town in Thailand or Vietnam and get to know a place because you've got more flexible time. But taking your time is key. Um, because you kind of feel like you're doing what you want to do and you're not forced by time. Um, but again, like I say, all that probably depends on budget as well. Um, so you need to be key with your budget in terms of, if that's Asia, it's probably going to be a bit easier to do and South America and Central America. But if you're traveling Europe and taking your time, um, I can imagine staying in Paris or, I don't know, Berlin is going to be a bit more expensive than or Italy and then going to the, maybe Lithuania, for example. But, you know, take your time. Enjoy it. Don't rush it because it will soon be over. Trust me. Right. Number six I've got here. And this is one of the best investments I've ever made. Noise-canceling headphones. And I mean proper ones. I spent $200 on my Plantronics um, headphones. 
and they've lasted and they're still going um, from 2017 was that we're four years in um, still work an absolute treat um, flick the button for noise cancelling cancel all the noise it's great for buses great for planes great for hostels if they're a bit noisy or if you just want to spend a bit of me time in a corner and not be disturbed great for that as well listen to your music so I do think certain things that you take are kind of non-negotiable and I think this is one of them because back in the old days when we didn't have noise cancelling you had your headphones and mine, ugh, the amount of times mine broke bloody hell it was chaos um, but these I've decided to spend a bit more money on and they just last and I will take them until they stop working and there's no sign of that a bit of wear and tear yeah but unbelievable investment um, I think for me the biggest one for me is planes I can't sleep on planes but I can drift off with them um, in the plane seat um, if I've got a bit of um, you know, Ramstein or a bit of Beethoven, whatever fancy, um, that does help me go to sleep. So that is a great investment and I would highly recommend it because it will help you on your travels. Um, just cut out that noise because traveling is noisy. You go into all these new big places, um, unless you're in the depths of the pool like we were in, in the hills near Annapurna when there's no, nothing around, then you'll be fine. But when you're dipping into, um, especially like Asian cities and they're like hustling and bustling, um, you might need them but yeah so um, my recommendation is Plantronics um, that's ones I've got I think the classic ones like Beats they're probably decent as well um, imagine those type of phones that alright you've got those like in-ear ones that Apple the Apple Pods I think I might get a pair of those um, as a backup as well um, I'm not I don't like in-ear stuff in my ears goes back a long time that but I prefer over-ear but they probably do the same trick so um, yeah that's a great little investment for me if you can do that alright let's crack on number 7 don't plan based on guidebooks <laughs> um, I don't want this podcast to be a Lonely Planet podcast because it's boring so I try and get people's stories and people's perspectives it's a bit more interesting so the same goes for like a Lonely Planet book it's a great starter well, where do we start? But these places are going to be paid to, to write about a certain place and you're not going to know the real deal. Um, so the way to get around this is, is when you arrive somewhere is to, to speak to people, speak to locals and speak to fellow travellers and backpackers. They will recommend best places to go and see. great example is we ride Bangkok, going to go to straight to Cambodia, which is the, the plan anyway, and then straight to Ho Chi Minh, cut a little bit short because someone said well you need to go to Phu Quoc in Vietnam I was like I've never even heard of it oh yeah yes yeah, island south of Vietnam it's actually close to Cambodia but real nice brand new new airport new roads um, not busy at all and very hot like bloody hell like the sound of that um, so yeah we amended our trip and uh, being flexible number one and decided to cut a little bit of Cambodia out and go to Phu Quoc unbelievable recommendation so that was not in any guidebooks um, anything that we read or researched, we just got told that. I can't remember who told me. Cannot remember. Again, if I journaled it, I could have said. But um, yeah, so that's a great example of maybe speaking to someone and getting a recommendation if you're out and about for a few months. Um, speaking to locals is probably the best way um, because they all know the real local places, maybe the best for food and drink. 
and even tours and the best spots to go and see a sunset or a sunrise or a bit of nature um, but also backpackers who have been there a while will, will definitely tell you places to go and not to go um, that's also key as well um, and also they generally do a bit cheaper as well like the Lonely Planet Guide will give you the, the really expensive options if you've got no budget then great crack on the way to meet these people again I would always recommend um, a hostel or a guest house um, or even a family owned type guest house as well um, because you'll meet the best people there hotels nah not for me people just stick to their own thing um, but that's key to maybe finding out the best places in the local area okay number eight is be sociable and friendly yeah I think this comes down to your personality um, of what you kind of person you are but I found the best experiences for me um, in terms of activities and memories is kind of being with people um, and don't be afraid to say hello people majority of people will be nice and have a beer with you um, and talk about their travels and you get to exchange stories and places to go and stuff like that so being social and friendly also gives you more options because if you're traveling on your own you might just tag along for a week with someone um, or a group um, if you really like it and you've got the option to maybe tag off that group uh, once you've finished a week but being being sociable really does help your travels like me and Mike picked up a few people on the way we joined a few people on the way on our travels and we wouldn't have it any other way like we're really like relaxed about it and like oh yeah yeah we'll, we'll meet up there and you sort of send going the same route so you agree to meet up for like a day there do an activity there book this book that it's an unbelievable time and also get to meet real new, you know, new cool people and new friends for life and experiences that people at home can't really relate to because they're not there doing it so making new friends new recommendations from those people traveling around if you're on your own maybe with someone um, that'd be cool for like two or three weeks um, but then you can go back onto solo traveling so um, also for fem- female travelers as well um, if you're a bit nervous about going to a country um, that's also a great way to uh, meet people and just kind of stick together if you're on your own um, if you need to have someone there but a lot of people don't do that they just go solo completely so full credit to those people they're hardcore so yeah friendliness um, gets you a long way don't be a dick um, I've not I'll, I'll be I'll be honest I've not met too many dicks when I've been travelling um, a couple of things I've yeah the odd occasion like uh, in India two British guys just mouthing off at a American girl who stayed at a hostel because they thought she was a Trump supporter based on what I don't know um, but these were dicks that were drunk and they nicked a rickshaw from a local which is even oh it's absolute cretins um, they, they got kicked out of the hostel in the end because they're just too rogue um, so you do meet the odd people like that but it's weird because if, if there's ten people and these two people are just mouthing off the other eight people all know that these two guys are dicks so um, I wouldn't worry about that everyone's in the same boat uh, yeah so I think there's lessons to be learned from that in terms of like just be friendly and you know most people travel aren't dicks like you're out there to see things meet people and do stuff so no worries number nine is about money number nine is save more than you need always have a backup I've always travelled with no backup and it's pissed me off because you get to the next place where you're working and the pressure's on you got to get a job no fucking about and I've always got away with it but it's not always the case sometimes so save more than you need try and budget for the area you're going to um, 
I would times your budget for the week by maybe 10%, maybe go 15% more um, in the back pocket in case you need it. And every time if you don't use it one week, you then got 15% for the next week on top of the 15%, so you've got 30% more. And it's there as a backup. Um, if you're like me, <clears throat> with no, I don't own anything, I don't owe anything in terms of like a big mortgage or anything like that, then it's key just to have a big pot of money sitting at home. And my friend John, who I met, He's from Norwich. I met in Australia. He's in Japan. He always has a couple of grand in Norwich. Never goes back. But if he needs it, it's there. Yeah, it's a great way to have um, some money available to you. So that's definitely an option. And trust me, either you're going to need it or there may be one time you just need to have a hotel because you might be sick or ill or you might need to book a flight and it's going to be there. I'm not going to regret that one bit. So yeah, save more than you need. Um, number 10 is uh, oh just to finish number 9 um, I'd also have a credit card as a backup don't use it um, just use real money but credit cards are a great way for insurance so if you need to book a flight book something emergency just do it and, uh, and deal with it later that would be key to your travels as well number 10 pack efficiently you always pack too much I've always thrown stuff out Four pairs of shoes, don't need it. Two pairs. Um, buy quality instead of quantity. So I would rather have, I don't know, $500 worth of clothing from maybe Patagonia or Lululemon. That's decent quality. Then £500, uh, $500 equivalent of double or triple the amount of stuff. Because first of all, you're not going to need all that stuff. And second of all, quality stuff lasts longer so you need to um, when I go next traveling I've got in my mind I'm going to spend five six hundred dollars just on clothes it's going to be a new wardrobe for me I'm going to throw everything out that I've got now that's crap I'm going to reduce my shoes um, send some back probably because they're more homey shoes and then pack more efficiently um, yeah I mean I've thrown so much stuff out honestly you think you need it you don't need it um, the key things that you do need to pack um Let's say for a week, seven days. A couple of t-shirts, maybe three. Um, I personally have a rule of an underwear per day because you probably do a wash a week. So I do have that. But then one raincoat, one jumper, um, one two pairs of shorts, stuff like that. Um, just try and pack light as possible because the things that are going to be heavy that you are going to need is going to be like water, um, and also your toiletries you're going to need them as well but you want to probably buy some stuff as well that you need to pack into your backpack if you're going to bring some stuff home or take stuff home I've never been one for that but some people do um, there's also an, an option that you go with as little as possible and then let's say you're going to like Southeast Asia you go and buy on the markets there just like it's not really great quality but it's going to be one or two pounds and um, you can get your wardrobe that way it's not a bad idea either um, but yeah just revisit your, your backpack you'll, you'll reanalyze it after a trip and then next one you'll be like oh, I don't need that I don't need that so pack light pack efficiently quality over uh, quantity and you won't regret it um, that's kind of the end of my top 10 if you like I've got a few extra, few extra tips at the end and I've not mentioned but I think it might be key travel insurance insurance is normally a scam uh, I don't believe in it but travel insurance is probably key for emergencies and I would probably advise that 
um, if you're in a depths of somewhere and you need the medical help, um, they do cover an immense amount of medical expenses. Um, so just get travel insurance. Um, I have travelled without it. Nothing ever happens, but something might. That's how they get you, the fear. But there you go. Travel insurance is probably key for some people. Um, local SIM cards. Yeah, I have my phone unlocked. So when I go to a country, I can just buy a local SIM card, especially if I'm there for, for a month. And that'll help you with your data and your calls. Um, highly recommend that India was a great example. We got SIM cards there. Paid £10 a month and I got unlimited Wi-Fi uh, or 4G everywhere. Um, and it was like available everywhere in the country and minutes and stuff like that. So great way. And also it's a good thing to have if you're in a group. You might need to call someone. So um, try and do that. I've got another tip here. which is kind of like my own experiences. Try not to have debts when you go. Um, try and worry about paying stuff off when you're away. Is this an extra thing you don't need to think about before, during, and after? Um, so try and get as debt-free as possible. Not possible. You've got a mortgage down as a mayor, but you can always rent out, I guess. But I guess for a house, if you rent it out, you got to pay someone to look after that rental, right? Um, like a management company. But yeah, those are extra tips that I have. I haven't got any more written down. There's probably loads more, but that's the podcast today. Um, I quite enjoyed that one um, looking back on some of the stuff that I've learnt and I hope that will inspire you and help you with your trip next time and yeah better crack on and uh, get get to work but say travels I think it's coming back I think vaccinations are cracking on we're double vax here um, we've got some weekends planned in August away on in the van um, and possibly might do a trip home in, in October but still up in the air yet but yeah exciting times ahead I'm really looking into the US West Coast um, and a bit of basketball in the new year so I can't wait for that but yeah be safe stay inspired and I'll catch you next time ciao thank you for listening to my Winger Net podcast today you can check out my website jameshammond.org for all the links to all the platforms for your podcasts including Apple Podcasts Google and Spotify there's a contact form on the homepage for you to get in contact for anything you want me to discuss to do with travelling. Don't forget to check out my Instagram page, James Hammond Travel, where I post daily about my last 10 years of travelling, travelling, and more travelling. Finally, please rate the podcast. I really appreciate it if you can rate it, leave some comments, and I'd love to read them. Stay safe, happy listening, happy reading, and be inspired.